Hey, this is Eli Gardner, and you're listening to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Minnesota Music Shakedown, a podcast dedicated to spinning some of the best original Twin Cities and beyond area music. Featured this week are conversations with Eli Gardner about his new album, Live in Minneapolis. Then I talked with Leslie Vincent about her new album, About Last Night, plus new music by International Treasures. I'm your host, Mark Sterry. Check me out at MarkSterryMusic.com. And thank you for supporting live and local music. This is Doyle Turner. This is Ted Hanschewitz. And together we are the International Treasures. Treasures. This old house used to be my mother's. This old house used to stand the test of time. This old house leads into the weather Let's in everything that's cold, wet, and wild I tell you what, let's put our backs to this field grass Tamp it down and wash that black, blue sky It's been so long since I felt the rain coming Listen for that thunder, put my hands to the sky Cold, wet, and wild. 
That was Doyle Turner and Ted Heineshevitz of International Treasures with the song Wild off their new album Together, We're the International Treasures. Interviews coming soon. Next up, Eli Gardner discusses his new album Live in Minneapolis. Afterwards, check out the new single, The Right and the Wrong. Eli Gardner, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today there, Eli? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Where are you coming in from today? Um, North Minneapolis. North Minneapolis. What's your favorite yep. bars in North Minneapolis? Um, I like I like Northeast. You know, three three one um, Shaw's. Sometimes that's that's a good place to. Oh, I like out. Shaw's. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, that's a good. They switched around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it since they redid it though. Have you been in there? Um, a couple months ago. Yeah, they switched the the, the location of the bar and moved the stage a little bit, and it's a good layout. So you kind of have yeah. that swampy, bluesy, rockabilly, rock and roll sound. You ever played Shaw's? No, I haven't. I'd love to. It just hasn't worked out yet, but that's on my list as far as local places to play, for okay. sure. Um, what kind of guitar were you using? I was watching your stuff this morning and listening yeah. to your new record. What kind of guitar? Is that an ES-355 or something like that? What is it? The the Gretsch. Is it Gretsch? Um, I think so. Well, I had... Well, it depends what you're watching. Um yeah, I played on the on the live videos I've put out. I play Gretsch a Streamliner. Okay, and then I also have um, a Tele style guitar that's actually handmade. Really? Yeah, it has a um, Evertune pickup in it and a spalted maple top. Yeah, that's cool, man. Did you make it yourself? No, I traded some work for a guy. Um, actually, when I lived in Virginia, he made me a guitar. Um, I don't think he does it anymore, but I believe that guitar was originally made for. Um, one of the guitar players for, for Sister Hazel. I remember that band. Yeah, and he, he's made guitars for them and Blackberry Smoke and those kind of guys. Like His big thing was he made um, uh, guitars out of old ammo crates. Cool. And he also made handmade handmade guitars too. But um, yeah, I don't think he does it anymore. But yeah, I was lucky enough to get him to make me a guitar. And uh, I love it. It's, it's very playable, you know. Cool, man. Yeah, Sister Hazel, just thinking of them. I think they All For You is their song. All for you, whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really know much of their stuff, but I recognize the name. Um, yeah, it's from it's from the '90s, that's for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So we're talking about your new record today, live in Minneapolis, recorded at the Astor Cafe. Can you tell us about how that project started up, or how you got the idea in your head? Yeah, well, it started up. Um, it was kind of like a, a kind of all worked out um, naturally. I had been wanting to make a live album for a while. And my band had started playing more shows and kind of gelling, and we had added a keyboard player, Kevin Gamble, as well. And so I really liked the stuff we were doing. And just kind of um, when we were setting up the show, um, this guy from Alchemy Audio, Johnny, he got a hold of me. He's been doing live sound of the Astor. He's been doing a great job. And he's been doing um, some multi-track recording um, of the shows. And he's just like, hey, do you want me to – you know, do some recording of the show. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. And uh, I really liked how it sounded. And I thought I did a great job. And also it was a bit of a challenge to myself to take on the responsibility of mixing it and doing all that kind of stuff. And because I had done that in the past, but not to this extent, and especially not with a live album. So yeah, it was just kind of a stars aligned kind of thing. And it worked out and uh, I challenged myself and it was a lot of fun. What was the trickiest thing about mixing or mastering a live record? It's all about embracing the bleed. 
<laughs> you know, the bleed. No, if my grandma's yes. listening, what does that mean? Um, everything is, there's nothing going to be isolated unless it's a direct in, unless there's, you know, you're plugging in an amp uh, directly into the board. So you're going to hear drums um, on the guitar amp. You're going to hear um, guitars on the drum microphones, on the vocals, um, pretty much everything like that. So the biggest thing is knowing you can't have complete isolation and embracing that and then mixing from there, whether it's EQing, knowing if you're going to EQ things, if you're going to adjust the low end or the high end, it's going to change the overall picture, not just one track. Gotcha. I play yeah. shows four or five nights a week, and I try to record a lot of those shows to add content to my website and just right. kind of keep track of where I am musically if I'm learning some new licks or learn runs or some new singing parts, whatever. And I've never played one even close to perfect show, maybe not even one perfect song ever. So what did you do if there was a mix-up or something happened? Did you re-record any of this stuff or just kind of live with it, or how would you take that approach? Well, that's also part of the live thing, right, is – is embracing that it's not going to be technically a perfect song and that's about the performance. And so luckily I really liked most of the songs. I think I left one song off, off the live album that we played that in that set. And that was just because the, one of the guitars was my, my, one of my guitars was a little bit out of tune. Um, that was pretty much it. <laughs> and so it's about being like, okay, this is not necessarily a perfect way, but it represents the song and the performance and where we are, and some, I really embrace it like it's a moment in time, right? And for me, I don't really, I think perfect music is boring. I don't, that doesn't, it doesn't um, excite me at all. Like, I want to hear the humanity in what you're playing. Yeah. You know, and so part of that is when you're playing live, and the reason for live, that I love live music, and I think a lot of people do, is that it's going to be different every time. It's going to, your mood's going to be different when you're playing. The crowd's going to be different. Um, how people react, all that stuff, that synergy that happens is going to change the song. And so I think that's what, for me, just as far as like the mindset going in um, was, let's just see what happens and have fun, you know? I've embraced that so much. I don't even really practice with people. I kind of like the communication uh, through music in front of people. Right. Um, right. I get a real kick out of it. One of my favorites is Chuck Berry, and I kind of liked how he would show up in a city, and there was a group of musicians there with some piece of shit guitar, and just rock <laughs> out with them, just put on a show like a bunch of grown ups. And so I, I really, really like that myself. Um, so who yeah, was yeah. all in the band when he recorded this? Yeah, so um, Greg Shooty's on drums. Um, Greg uh, runs a, a studio uh, locally and plays a ton of people, and he was actually. I met him through doing my previous studio album, The Fire and the Medicine, back in 2020. Um, he helped co-produce that album. And Nick Salisbury is on bass. And then Dan Schwartz plays lap steel and electric guitar on the album. And Kevin Gamble is on the keys. Cool. When you were putting this together, was some there any live albums you were listening to or you're influenced by that you kind of wanted to emulate? Yeah, I've, I've people ask me that question, and at first, not really. But I mean, just growing up, I listened to a lot of stuff. Like um, one of my favorite bands of all time is Pearl Jam, and their "Live on Two Legs" 
And just the fact that they record everything now, you know what I mean? They have been forever and they, they've been putting it out. Um, and then Neil Young, um, he had a, I forget what it was called, but he had a live, more of an acoustic album um, with Sugar Mountain and, and those those songs. Um, and so just kind of that, that, that real just loose, kind of rough, just embracing the song kind of thing. Um, just hearing that kind of stuff, you know, really influenced uh, how I, you know, I would go about picking the songs and, you know, putting those things together. When I heard it the first time and heard the guitar playing or whatever, I first thought of Neil Young. You know, oh, for right sure, on. that was, I heard the Neil Young references coming through. Who are some of your other influences guitar-wise and vocal-wise or songwriting? Yeah, um, I mean, growing up, it was Bruce Springsteen. Um, my dad had the uh, Born on the USA album, you know, with the with the the, the hat in the back pocket. Um, and, uh, I mean, Jim Croce, James Taylor, that kind of stuff. Um as far as full band stuff goes, it's lately it's been a lot of Sunvolt, um, that kind of style of writing. Um, as far as like uh, people that are doing it right nowadays, I'd say you know Jason Isbell's doing it pretty good. I really like how he he takes on stuff, and there's very few writers like that nowadays where they are just doing what they do without. Um, changing who they are or trying to be something different because it's hard, you know, just financially to, to, to do that, you know, but really it's, it's, it's come down to, that's kind of the only way you can go. Now, if you're going to be a true songwriter, you got to do everything yourself. So pretty much those type, of, those type of people really influenced me a lot. Cool, man. Well, I want to ask you about a few tracks off the record. You can kind of maybe share the story behind the song, you know, yeah. what you were thinking when you wrote it, recorded that kind of stuff. How about People of the Bear? That roots song with a cool slide guitar part. Yeah, that that's the song. That's one of the older songs um, that we've been playing live. And it's it's a weird song because um, I wasn't sure what was it, what it was what it was about when I was writing it. It's more about like seeing a scene in your head and kind of following the path and having the song um, unravel, you know, as you're writing it. Um, but it's really just about, I think, connection as people and finding your path through that. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, what were you thinking when you, when you, when you heard that? How, what, what kind of things were you saying? I was really focused on the slide guitar part and how it reminded me of Neil Young. <laughs> right so that's what i thought how about the song the right and the wrong yeah that that's one from the 2020 album on my studio album that's changed a little bit um since we started playing it live and i remember i initially wrote that song because i was playing a lot of solo shows in a lot of loud places where you're playing and sometimes people clap sometimes they don't and you're like, is anyone really listening? Or does anyone really care? <laughs> you know? So I had this chorus, you know, they don't know, they don't care. They drink, sit and stare. Where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a song I can play in those times where it's like, if you're paying attention, you might catch it. But if not, it's, it's kind of making myself feel better. Right. Um, 
but it's 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 more from that into this idea that almost like a, a mantra for myself where it's about making art and putting it out there and it can it will come with the right and the wrong some people like it some people will be indifferent some people will hate it that type of thing so it's the letting go of of the the process of making art gotcha for sure um another one time appropriate being at the early august here when we record this bad weed yeah yeah that's uh that's one the title doesn't necessarily um <laughs> relate what it's about but i think you know if that that's what, how you want to take it that's cool uh that's just about being again being being really stubborn and just kind of plowing through um through life's hard hardships and, and figuring things out and as I grew growing up in in the stuff I've gone through in my life I think that's for better or for worse that's how I've, I've done it was just being stubborn in my own views and knowing what I wanted to do and uh and just and just uh growing through you know the the hardships and um pushing through the cement you know like a bad weed gotcha how did who <laughs> did the uh black and white video for black crow uh i i produced all the videos that was pretty cool as well thank you yeah that was a uh, i yeah that that was um i think it how was how many camera shots was that cuz there's a bunch of different stuff going on there yeah so so what i did for the live show when we recorded it, I set up three different cameras as well. Cool. Was yeah. it tough lining that up with the music? Uh, not really. I mean, I just, I took the recorded track and then I had, um, you know, audio from the cameras as well. So I, I could match it up pretty easy. Cool. The main thing is just record is matching up all the, all the cameras right at the start. Yeah. And then, and then once you've, once you got that, then you can, you know, make your edits and, and it aligns pretty good, but cool, man. Yeah. What's some upcoming shows or things you have coming on this fall, winter, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I just started working on a new acoustic album. I started mixing that and that's, that's going to be coming out. I'm not sure, but sometime this winter and, uh, working, working on booking some more shows. Um, Cool thing that just happened to was with my full band. We were able to play the Surf Ballroom down in uh, Clear Lake, Clear Lake, Iowa. Yeah, so that was that was like uh, one of the coolest shows I've ever played. Just being able to play that historic venue was amazing. And you lived, so that's good. <laughs> yes, for people that don't know that's that, that the, was uh, the big joke, right? <laughs> yeah. So the people that uh, don't know what that is, Surf Ballrooms in Clear Lake, Iowa, just over the Minnesota border. And that's famous for where Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, their plane went down. Um, yeah, really cool. My old guitar player played the 50th anniversary of that uh, oh, a nice. number of years ago. Now it's got to go down there and meet like all the big boppers relatives and Richie Valens relatives. And there's all kinds right of on. celebrities there drinking and partying, but it's a really cool place. I know my buddy Brad Curtis from Cumberland, Wisconsin, used to own it or run it or something. I'm not sure if he still does or not, but that's so. Were you opening for somebody, or just went down there and rocked out, or how'd that go? Yeah, so they have uh, during the summer they have a uh, a local. Uh, it's not really local, but they have a Wednesday night music series that's sponsored, so they're able to bring bands in, and it's free to the public. And so, yeah, I was able to play that um, full band and. Um, 
Yeah, it was great. So yeah, we played two sets, all original music. <laughs> wow, that's a great experience, man. That's really cool. Uh, what's your website and stuff? People want to book you or check you out. Yeah, website is eligardner.com. Gardner is G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And uh, at, at Eli.Gardner for Instagram, I do most of my stuff through that. So, yeah. OnlyFans page? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how'd you know? No, no, no OnlyFans. Oh, cut that, that Maybe that's, that's the way to go way. now for musicians. Oh.
I'd like to take a minute or two to thank the two sponsors of this week's podcast, ID Chrysler Zombroda and the B-Dale Club. For ID Chrysler Zombroda, I just got back from a long trip on my brand new Jeep Cherokee X up to Duluth. I got to see my nephew's football game, help my buddy Chris with some deer stand stuff. It was a lot of fun, a lot of rain, and I wasn't worried about a thing in my new Cherokee X. I absolutely love that until someone off the highway kicked up a rock and cracked the windshield. I'll be making a phone call tomorrow. Got it from Mighty Chrysler Zombroda, and their philosophy is simple. Time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombroda, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5, closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zombroda today. Enjoy safe fall season full of adventures and memories out in that open road. A new ride. Next up, the Beatle Club, the BDC 2100, man. One of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The Beatle Club, located at the corner of B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is a stone cold truth. When I got back from my trip, I clicked on Facebook. I saw the pictures from this year's Booyah. I got to work that some year. I've never had the chance to work it. I'm always traveling out of town, but it looks like it was some of my favorite people stirring that stuff up, and looks like it was a big success. Uh, this Thursday, I'll be rocking out with Brian K. Johnson and doing some trivia down there, too. Natalie, Shelly, Dustin, the entire bar staff, all the state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. As of late, my libation of choice is the classic screw-up vodka 7 OJ. They're to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, Tasty Little Devils. Live music, pool table, pull tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, trivia, bingo, beat raffle, bocce ball Thursdays, and much more. B-Deal's got it all. Stop by for a cold one. Now. Man. Next up, I speak with Leslie Vincent about her new album, About Last Night. Afterwards, hear the new single, No Moon at All. Leslie Vincent, welcome to the Minnesota Music Shakedown. How's it going today, Leslie? What'd you say? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. That's good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Heck yeah. How's your new record going? 
it's gone great. It's in the world and people um, are, set, you know, sending me nice thoughts about it and nice messages about it. And it's living its own life. Nice. We're talking to Leslie today about her new record about last night. That When did that drop? Let's see. We released it locally uh, July 22nd, and then we released it on streaming platforms August 25th. Very cool. Um, when did you start working on the project? I started ideating and thinking through songs uh, mid-2021. So a nice, luxurious timeline. And then we went into the studio this January. How do you write your songs? Do you like like a piano like Nora Jones plunk around? Or how do you, how do you write your songs? Yeah, good question. So I, I do I have two different approaches. Um, one, I play the ukulele. So sometimes I'll noodle on the ukulele, find a progression that I like, and build from there. Other times I'll start a cappella and I'll just sing something and either I'll feel connected to the melodic line or the lyrics and then start building that way. I've been hearing that more and more people are writing a cappella. And I've been doing this podcast. Well, I've been writing songs and performing full time for nine years anyway. But I've rare I've ne- in all the nine years doing this podcast, I've never heard so many people say they write a cappella. When did you start doing that? Or have you always done it? Always done it, yeah. But it's, you know, it's that thing where you're driving and something pops in your head and you just capture, you know, I might record that. And what of what I record, I might only keep 10%. But it's the, it's the seed. It's the nugget of what becomes the song. Okay. What was the first song you wrote for this record? Um, so only two pieces on this record are my originals, the first one and the uh, fourth one. Um, that's not helpful. But Psychedelics With You and Ice Town Blues. Um, and let's see, I wrote, I wrote them kind of around the same time, but I shelved them because I didn't think that my original work could translate into the jazz that I do. Um, I sort of just wrote them for fun. And then the more I worked on the album, the more I wanted my own voice, my own words on there. And so I, um, I, I worked with some other musicians to arrange and co-compose and chart them out for the band and kind of grow them into what they became. What's the story behind the song Psychedelics with You? It's kind of fun, funny, up-tempo, jazzy song. What were you thinking writing that song? Yeah, so um, the song is to my best friend. He is He lives in San Francisco. That's based on a real experience that we had. And I just wanted to capture the joy of that day that we had. Um but also kind of pay homage to how far apart we are and how different we are now and kind of longing for that day of freedom, but acknowledging that like, that's not where we are anymore. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, So if you wrote a couple of the songs in the record, how did you go about finding the other songs or compiling them? Yeah, so the, the the album originated with Stars Fall on Alabama. That was a piece that Matt McIntyre, who plays bass on the record, he actually brought to our group, which is something we do sometimes. People will have an idea, bring it to the group. And so he pitched the idea of doing this song and incorporating star sounds. And we had a lot of fun playing around with that. And at the time, you know, I really wanted to capture our group dynamic and these musicians in particular and what we were creating. And so I knew I wanted to capture that. And then I just started 
I, on the one hand, I started listening for songs that inspired me and I had a whole wall of post-it notes and I'd add one, take one down. I actually have this little post-it that I kept. That's like, here are the, here are like the adjectives I was going for, like dark, smoky, blues and reds and deep greens. I don't know what that meant. Uh, dreaminess, emotionality, the blurs. So I was kind of going in that direction. And then there were pieces that have always stuck with me. Just some of those great American songbook standards that I think really stand the test of time and speak to something so deeply universal. So I put like, what will I do in that category? Um, And I would put this time, the dreams on me in that category. And then I also just love words. I love a good pun. I love a good lyric. So like black coffee to me was, um, that was one that I actually noodled around with on the ukulele. I thought I could do a uke cover of that song. And then I kind of brought that vibe to Ted who plays piano and he arranged it. So I just kind of let things marinate for a really long time. And then it kind of distilled down into what the record became. A word one I liked off the record was track nine. How could, how you loved me on Mars, the red light of day. That's some cool lyrics in that one. Beyond the coolest lyrics. I'm obsessed with that song. I literally found that song just YouTube surfing. Really? Yes. I, I was just kind of going down a rabbit hole what's out there. And I never, I didn't originally intend. I was just doing that for my own life. I was, I didn't, I wasn't even looking for songs. I was just listening to music and I loved that song and I listened to it on repeat and I knew I wanted to do it. And so I reached out to the composer and I asked if I could have permission to record it. And he said, yes. Who, who did it originally? Um, his name is Josh Nelson, and he co-wrote it with Kathleen Grace. Where are they from? And I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, no clue. That's funny. That's Well, it's a great song either way. Um, talking about your bass player, I thought the other song, Track 5, No Mood at All, the cool bass intro. Can you tell us a story behind that sultry, cool song? Yeah. So No Moon and All is one of those that's been sticking with me for a while. Um, And one one thing that I wanted to capture on the record was this sort of foreboding feeling at night. You know, this feeling of like, you're not always safe. Anything could happen. Kind of like walking down a dark street, um, almost that anticipatory excitement. And so I knew I wanted to do a really bass forward, if you will, version of the song. and so Ted Olson, who's another bassist in town, he actually arranged that piece for me. And, you know, that song I think is so fun because whereas a lot of the other great American songbook songs are really cute and up and like, oh, we're in love. That song's like, uh, it's dark. We're parking. This is not what I thought it would be. Like, what is happening? You know, there's almost... I, when I when I pitched it to him to to arrange, I said I almost wanted to sound like a serial killer inspired, like something could be lurking, you know, kind of tension in there. Um, and I love how at the end, you know, all the instruments just sort of fall off, and then you're left with that that groove again. Awesome. Where are you from originally, and how did you get into this whole jazz scene and influenced by it? Yeah. Sure. So um, I'm a military kid, so I'm from up and down the East Coast. Um, Just moved around a ton, uh, primarily in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. 
And then my family is based now in New England. So New England's sort of my other home. And I uh, moved out here in 2013. I love Minnesota, planning on staying, live in a, a house that I bought with my wife. So we're rooted here. And to make a long story very short, I, uh, I was originally an actor, got a degree in musical theater, studied, performed, had a career in musicals. And one day the music director for a show I was in asked me if I wanted to be a jazz singer. And I said, sure. <laughs> I think he said, do you sing jazz? And I said, yeah, in my shower. And he said, I think you should, I think you should be a jazz singer. And he took me under his wing and I just started gigging with him and learning as much as I could. And then I, I found I really, really loved it. I loved the freedom. I loved the people. And I loved being kind of my own boss and my own creative director. So getting to say, like, I want to do this song and I want to try it this way while still having a collaborative spirit. Um, but oftentimes as an actor, you know, you have a role and that's what you do. And it's someone else's vision that you're bringing to life. And so the more I went down that path, I started meeting musicians and uh, creating this band and gigging around. And now I'm here. When you got introduced to jazz vocals, what were some of the musicians that you came across that you mm -hmm. resonated with that you think come across in your singing? I mean, I always listened to jazz. So I grew up, you know, singing Frank Sinatra in the mirror, um, Ella Fitzgerald, obviously, Billie Holiday. Um, for me, I'm really inspired by... Amy Winehouse, right? And her bridge of being really heavily influenced by jazz, but also telling her own story and kind of telling like, if you will, like grungier, dirtier stories. I find that really inspiring. Um, and the old, you know, the older I got, the more I kind of dove, dove deeper. So I'm really inspired by like Eva Cassidy and Julie London and Carmen McRae and Nancy Wilson. I just really got really into Beverly Kinney who like has a fascinating story. She's from the sixties. Um, Della Reese. I mean, I, I, it never ends. And it, and I'm not just influenced by jazz. Like I, I listen to a lot of like folk and Americana. Um, you know, I came up during the pop punk era. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, even though no one will put together a pop punk show with me. Um, my surprisingly, my jazz musicians are not into it. So um, lot, just tons and tons of inspirations. I just love music. Cool. What were some of the theater productions you were involved with? In town? Yeah. I spent a long time doing The Diary of Anne Frank at Park Square Theater. Uh, and I did Who Jefferson did you play Town. It? I played Aunt Anna, and then I played Margot when I got older. Wow, that's cool. Really, really cool. One of the coolest things I've ever done, for sure. What else did you play? Um, I did a show there called Jefferson Township Sparkling Junior Talent Pageant. I did uh, Beehive, the 60s musical out at Old Log. And let's see, Buddy Holly and Teen Idol, the Bobby V story at History Theater. Last year, I did a production of Once uh, at Delico. And, oh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I was heavily involved in the Fringe Festival, Horror Festival, a um, bunch of stuff with Sidekick Theater. Kind of all over. That is so cool. I've always been fascinated with that. I do 
I'm from a small town in Wisconsin originally, so I go back every summer and I write and direct a theater musical play for these kids. And That's so uh, cool. it's a ton of fun. So um, I got to meet when I was a kid. I, I went and saw um, Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and I got to, I recognized Donnie Osmond in the hallway and went and said hello. And then uh, one of my guitar players was playing, speaking of Buddy Holly, um, at the Surf Ballroom for his 50th anniversary of his of his death from the plane and I got to visit with uh Sir Tim Rice. And that- I think I was there. You were there? I think I was there because I so Tim Rice came out Okay, so when I was so the way I got into jazz, I was in the Teen Idol Bobby V show and the long story short, Bobby V's like first big hit was written by Carol King. I played Carol King. The Carol King estate said, you cannot have a musical with Carol King because beautiful is touring. And so his sons reached out to Tim Rice, who runs the Carol King estate or is in, or is connected to it. He hasn't run it. That's not right. But he's somehow connected to it. And they asked him to get permission. And so I couldn't sing it as Carol King, but Bobby V could sing it in the show. And so I went down with the V's to the surf ballroom for that 50th. And did some backup vocals, and um, and that was right around the time Tim Rice was in town. That's incredible. I know. I have a picture of me hugging him, and I look like such a nerd. I have a picture of me on website drunk with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's way cooler. I'm not sure about that. Um, That's that's really really cool. Um, What's the Shania Twain thing tonight? (laughs) Yeah. The Shania Twain thing is tonight. Um, so this has been going on for years now. I think 2018, 20, 2018, I think. So the idea behind it is, um, if you're not aware, Shania Twain uh, is pretty right-leaning in terms of political views, even though she's Canadian. Uh, she's pretty outspoken. And so there was a band in town who decided to do a tribute show and benefit the Women's March here in Minnesota. And it was a big hit at the Turf Club. And so it happens every year. And it brings together all these uh, vocalists in town. And we sing Shania tunes. And uh, we usually get pretty into our outfits and cheer each other on. And it's truly, 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 truly one of my favorite nights of the year. I've made so many friends. I have so much fun. Um, You know, I just... And I, I can't believe I get to do it. Like I'm, I don't perform any country at all, but I get one night, well, two nights a year. Cause we also do a Dolly show in the winter, but two nights a year, I get to go up and pretend I'm a country singer. What song by Shania are you doing tonight? I'm doing three. So I'm doing come on over and when from the come on over album. And then I'm doing a banger called giddy up, which is from her latest record. If you haven't heard it 10 out of 10, uh, if you like good lyrics, doesn't disappoint. Um, she's still she's still just going strong. That's awesome. So, what's some upcoming shows you got, or what's your social media stuff that people want to follow you? Check out your new record, that kind of deal. Sure. So, I'm always performing around town. I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, next Saturday at the North Street Cabaret. And all the other shows are uh, listed on my website. The next big show is October. 21st at the Granada, we're doing a Halloween extravaganza, which we're super pumped about. Some more originals coming, some really cool new arrangements, um, some other surprises. 
Uh, let's see. So everything's on my website and that is www.lesliedellavincent.com. And then um, my social tags are just at Leslie underscore Della underscore Vincent. have disappeared from sight and there's no moon at all don't make a sound it's so dark even Fido is afraid to bark what a perfect chance to park and there's no moon at all should we want atmosphere for inspiration, dear One kiss will make it clear Tonight is right and bright moonlight might interfere No moon at all up above This is nothing like they told us of And to think we fell in love And there's no moon at all This week's episode of the Minnesota Music Shakedown is another new song by one of the featured guests this week, Leslie Vincent. 
with another new song called How You Loved Me on Mars. Big thank you to Andrew Crowley from Organic Recording for assisting in post-production. This has been the Minnesota Music Shakedown. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please go to patreon.com forward slash Music. If you like what I do, check out my website, MarkSteryMusic.com. For artists or song submissions, please email me at MarkSteryMusic at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. That I traveled to Mars And lived a new life Underneath the same old stars And you were Yes, you were there We lived in a house Made of rock and of sand I studied the sky And I lived up And you were, yes, you were there How you love me on Mars How you wrapped your arms around me In the red light of day Volcanoes of ice and rivers of clay Became full of Underneath the same old stars How you loved me on Mars One day I grew tired and I lay down my head I opened my eyes and I woke in our bed And you were not there I searched for you forever and a day So certain that our love would never fall or fade away While you were, while you
went by and I looked up to see One star up in my sky, oh how it danced around me And you were, yes you were there How you loved me on Mars How you wrapped your arms around me In the red light of day Volcanoes of ice and rivers of clay Oh, you love me on my